this is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayak. What's up, listeners? Welcome to season four of Inspiring Design with Rashan Senanayaka. This is where the best of the best brands, experts, change makers, and thought leaders come together to share their valuable insights, experience, and knowledge, all centered around the growth sector in advanced manufacturing within Industry 4.0, encompassing various industries, technologies, skills, knowledge, trends, as well as stakeholders, all the while linking it back into education, within schools and universities. Welcome to today's episode, and we have a great topic and a guest in store for you. Today's episode is all about the mining and exploration sector. So to talk through this topic, I have here with me one of the leading experts and minds in the mining sector, Kate Dixon. Kate is the Queensland Director for the Association of Mining and Exploration Companies. She's got a strong mining and business background in stakeholder engagement, strategy and advocacy. And not only that, she brings a wealth of experience and energy to AMEC. Kate works with stakeholders to deliver the best outcomes for the different AMEC members and the resources industry in Queensland. So prior to joining AMEC, Kate worked for the state government and ASX listed resource companies across a number of different projects. So not only that, she has a proven history of achievements working in both public and the private sector. So she's the right lady for this job. Let's get straight into it. Kate, welcome to Inspiring Design. Can we start off with a little bit of background about yourself? What's your story? I grew up in Newcastle, New South Wales, uh, looking at the Hunter River, seeing all the coal ships come and go. Yeah. And it was just a natural thing to be around the mining industry when I was young. And um, so it was a logical progression for me to be interested in the mining industry. So uh, when I was at high school, I studied geology in for year 11 and 12 i had an awesome geology teacher awesome. Hayden, yep. <laughs> um, and remember her well and um then uh he- headed off to uni and went straight to uni from high school and studied geology and then from there it was a bit of a rocky road so i'd always knew i wanted to be a geologist mm. and then once i finished uni the tech boom was on yeah so there weren't many uh jobs for um graduates in the, in the mining industry, particularly in geology. So that was a real shame. Yeah. But I, in my final year at uni, I started, did honours in with geophysics. So I had a good data analysis background. Yeah. And I ended up at Telstra working wow. as a business analyst. So I was there for 10 years and um, always, you know, following the careers of my friends that stayed in the industry and kept kept being geologists and doing their thing. And, um, but... Uh, I was really enjoying my time at Telstra and had two kids and had the maternity leave and, you know, used all those benefits of being in a big organisation. And then one of my very good friends became CEO of a junior coal mining company. 
yeah. coal exploration company, sorry. Mm-hmm. And he just reached out to me and said, Kate, come and work for me. Come yeah. and do this. You've got the right <laughs> attitude. You'll work it out. Yeah. And so I went and worked for that friend as um, a sort of like a desktop geologist working on tenure, which is mining tenure, which is the um, under the Mineral Resources Act what you need to have a mining authority or an exploration authority mm-hmm. and helping the geologists with their data come back from the field, put that into annual reports back to the government. Mm-hmm. Then that company was acquired by a larger coal mining company mm-hmm. and went to work for them and that was heaps more fun because they had you know an act- actual operating asset. I ended up helping with um, exploration programs, joint venture arrangements with international companies and all, all sorts of things. Um, working with traditional owners, it was a real great learning experience. Sounds like you actually hit the job market just before the mining boom, so it was actually perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so then that was there was a boom on then, mm. and then there was another bust. Yeah. And it went bad again. Yeah. Um, but I managed to, because of the skill stacking I'd sort of done throughout my career, I was bit of a generalist so Mm. I could sort of adapt my skills to all sorts of things I wasn't a particular specialist in anything but could learn really quickly and adapt so uh, the company I was at at the time ended up being down to eight employees after having over 300 wow and it was really tough Um, so I decided to leave that company which ended up being a really good decision because I ended up with the state government in Trade and Investment Queensland Mm -hmm. and I worked for the Mining and Resources team in Trade and Investment Queensland and Mm -hmm. covered investments into um, mining, biofuels, um, hydrogen and um, renewable energy to some degree. So wow. I was talking to international investors who were interested in those sorts of projects in Australia, yeah. particularly in Queensland. So that was another awesome job where, you know, an investor, Japanese investor would come in, oh, we'd, we're interested in a biofuels project and growing a plant to make um, ethanol or something. Hmm. And so take them up to North Queensland and introduce them to people. It was really fun experience. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's then, pretty cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. So I learned a lot of stuff there as well, particularly um, how government operates and how things, the process of government works, which mm. helped me get this role with AMEC, mm-hmm. the Association of Mining and Exploration Companies. So mm-hmm. um, this role came up, that friend that offered me the first job out of Telstra mm-hmm. um, said I should go for it and introduced me to the CEO and... Um, and I, I won the job and it was it just seemed to align really well because had the government experience, had the industry experience and this role is um, like a advocacy and policy role for government. So right. taking yep. industry experience and trying to convert that to um, tell the government what the industry needs and how what, it, what government can do to help our industry th- thrive. But also taking the new legislation or new policies or regulations that government make and interpreting that back to our industry on how how they can implement it into their work. Excellent. So it's a sort of like a communication role between government and industry. That's pretty cool. And obviously that becomes like a knowledge base for almost 
um, the sector between the different stakeholders. So I'm actually loving what you're putting down. And so in terms of what the mining industry is all about, I feel like the right lady is sitting in front of me. So in your definition, what exactly is mining? Mining, in my definition, is um, basically just extracting things from the earth. Mm -hmm. But there's so much to that. There's exploring, there's the community and traditional owner side of it, there's the, the explore and then you discover. So mm -hmm. there's the discovery phase and then you, you turn that discovery into a mine, which is a whole huge, huge process, operation, yeah. You know, environmental impact statements, baseline studies, all sorts of things. Then there's the you know the actual extraction, the processing, the mm -hmm. using the minerals, the recycling them, and then going back in and rehabilitating. So there's a lot to it. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, everything that we're using as a natural resource, there is some form of mining involved. Is that right? Yes, basically everything we use is yeah. either grown or mined. Yeah. So it, it comes out of the ground in one way or another. Yeah. I think water and oxygen are the only things that, you know, when you think about it, yeah. fall from the sky or come from the air. True. And obviously that's, I think, the perception that a lot of people might not be, they might see things but not be 100% aware of. So when we're looking at the mining industry as a whole, what are its capabilities? as a broader picture and then obviously mm -hmm. you might have more specificity within your role but as a whole mm -hmm. what are its capabilities well mining provides solutions for australia and the world like yeah it solves problems so um strong eco strong economies are generally well endowed with natural resources and in australia we are ge geologically blessed with all the things we need mm. to and minerals we need to do live how we want to live and also to decarbonize our future yeah so we need mining to lower the car to lower carbon and to have a high technology future mm -hmm. so there's that's the capabilities so like we touched on before almost everything we use is, is either grown or mined and we need mining for energy including renewables mm -hmm. so all the all our renewable energy needs mining even yeah. even pumped hydro because you need the pumps and the concrete that's all, that's all mine. Yeah. Um, and we need it for transport, healthcare, agriculture. Agriculture has mined material for fertilisers, mm. potash and phosphate. Any infrastructure buildings, all, all needs mining. Yeah, pretty much all the built environment that we're seeing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Even, you know, even the gyprock on the wall here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And so how did this industry compare to, let's say, 20, 30, 50 years ago? How has it, what's the main difference, do you think, the way you work now, where the way miners actually work now compared to back then? Um, I think the industry has definitely seen an, in, uh, an improvement in gender diversity. Mm -hmm. A very important one. <laughs> Which is great for both industry and the people in it. So um, I think there wouldn't be many people that wouldn't consider um, having more diverse people from cultures and um, gender would you know, benefit from having mm. a diverse outlook on things. So um, that's a big change. In the last five 
to 10 years, we've seen exponential growth in the resources industry um, with more projects being expanded and developed. And because there's because of this, um, need more people, but also there's an increase in the approvals, environmental approvals and of compliance required for those mining projects. So um, the biggest change has been the number of people required to do things because there's quite different sorts of roles needed now compared to in the past. Um, so what you're saying is there's actually more career opportunities available more and more? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what are your predictions for the future in the next, let's say, short-term short future in the next two to five years compared to maybe in the long run, 20 to 30? Mm. Um, in the next two to, two to five years, I think there'll be a significant shortage in qualified people for the industry. With the low community sentiment for the mining industry, it means people aren't choosing careers in extractive industries anymore. Mm -hmm. We need smart people to join the industry and help make mining responsible and sustainable. This is how we can decarbonise our future. Mm. And it's going to happen, and it, it isn't going to happen through protesting. Yeah. We need smart people to actually get involved and work for organisations like AMEC who mm -hmm. contribute to government policy making. Um, you can become a mining engineer to work out how to extract minerals in the most efficient way with minimal disturbance footprint and become an environmental scientist and work on the best way to manage water and vegetation around mine sites and rehabilitated land. So yep. that's that's where I see the opportunity next two to, two yeah. to five years. Yeah, and is, is it possible to make predictions on what it might be in the longer future? Um, the... The uh, organisations like the International Energy Agency are making predictions about what's going to be needed for the electrification and decarbonisation in mm -hmm. the future, and the projections of minerals needed for the you know, electrification and green tech means we'll need even more mines and also need to go back and reprocess tailings. Um, I don't know if you know, but tailings are the leftover material after something's mined, mm -hmm. and with newer technologies we can go back and reprocess reprocess these and extract more value from them so awesome. that's kind of i think that's where we're going to go yeah and i think it's important to find these kinds of refinements in the bigger whole picture because it makes a huge difference and that's where the creativity comes in that's where the smarts comes in mm. and um, so you've already mentioned the word technology a little bit so it's one of the things that's part of industry 4.0 and 5.0 and, and a big focus towards how rapidly technology has evolved and changed the way we're learning or the way we work mm. um, and even even in education it's very different compared to even 10 years ago what's your thoughts on how the technology and automation had plays a role within the evolution of the mining industry uh, I think it'll play a significant role there's a little bit of concern in the industry that people will lose jobs. That's a goal. That's a global one. <laughs> yeah, and I just think that's crazy. Mm. Um, the automation will make, make things safer. Mm -hmm. It'll there'll be less risk to humans and the environment in general. Um, we won't lose jobs. We'll need robot operators and mechanics, and we'll become more efficient. I mean, before there were computers, everyone thought people would lose jobs and we would work less hours because things would become quicker and easier. But look what happened. We just do more things with less time. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's important to hear from experts such as yourself because 
it's that evolution of job losses from the previous industrial revolutions of how we used to work. Mm -hmm. And like you said, technology is making things easier for us to do things and faster. And therefore, those thinking patterns and those jobs are being obsolete, but doesn't mean it's actually not evolving into newer and more methods. And as you mentioned, there's more career opportunities now more than ever. Mm. So just requires a different set of skills. How do, how do the technologies such as getting a little bit specific here, mm -hmm. things like robotics, things like VR, AR, IoT, data, AI, how do those things, or even drones, I would mm. imagine, would play a role in this? Yeah. How are they integrated into mining? Yeah, well, mining uses everything from mechatronics to machine learning. Um, the obviously technology, the obvious technology you mentioned is drones. Mm -hmm. um, people use drones for exploration mm -hmm. and for environmental monitoring. So, um, drones has just drones have just become a standard piece of equipment for the exploration industry, and yep. also. The, um, the state government's also using drones for to monitor environmental compliance and to help do baseline studies, mm -hmm. and the industry's doing that as well. Um, using, um, I don't know what they're called, they're not, like, they're, they're aircraft, I should know this, they're aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, that can carry uh, geophysical mm -hmm equipment on it so mm -hmm. it can do monitoring um without a person in it yeah so. and i think their output ends up being a highly detailed cad file or even a cloud point map which is where the big data comes in and being able to then process and work with those elements yeah that's where the it's very different to compare to five ten years ago where we might have use just CAD and manually draw on something. Yeah. So this is where 3D scanning and all of these elements are coming in. So I'm, I'm loving that. How, how can technologies such as VR, AR fit into this? Um, so VR and AR would work, would fit in with um, uh, robotics, mm -hmm. remote, remote operating equipment. Um, is that happening in Australia at the moment? To some degree. Okay. Yeah. So it hasn't become as mainstream and common. It's on its way or do you think it'll evolve into something else i think it's on its way i think the main play the main way it's being used at the moment is um if there's been an issue in a mine and mm -hmm. you don't want to send a person in yep um so for safety and recovery reasons which is a valid reason I yeah think. absolutely yeah. Just to backtrack on the big big data side of things, the Department of Resources announced last week that they've been working with the Queensland Sustainable Minerals Institute for the last 18 months compiling, analysing and pulling together data for a free digital tool for mm. explorers to use. So that means that people can go in and interrogate this data and use it by um, looking at existing mines that are already operating and look at what the geological conditions were before that um, mine got up and running and look for those geological conditions in other places to try and work out, you know, what what's similar? Could we go back, go to this new place that has similar features and see if we got, can get a similar sort of mine out of that situation? Um, another really cool thing one of our member companies is doing is using a laser for ore sorting. So mm -hmm. one of our members in North Queensland called EQ Resources have a tungsten mine. Mm -hmm. And it's a not an operating mine. Um, they're not digging any new 
um, rocks out at the moment, they're going back and reprocessing tailings. So they run the tailings through this ore sorter that's got a laser beam that tracks which bits of rock have high value tungsten and which don't. Mm-hmm. And so they send the, the good the good rocks off to get processed again and they send the non-tungsten rocks off um, and that becomes a quarrying product for road base. So yep. the benefit for that is it means that um, the Transport and Main Roads Department don't need to go and make a quarry somewhere else. They don't need to do it. It kind of offsets a disturbance. So um, you don't need to dig a new quarry. You've got use the rocks from an existing mine to use in the road base. That's awesome. And obviously the person who, not the person, it would have been a collective of mines that came up with the creative solution to repurpose the actual tailings. Mm. That's where the, I think the creative problem solving comes in. Mm. And um, in given that a lot of the listeners are within the education sector, I always love to ask the question on how design thinking plays a role in this. Mm. That's primarily my focus personally, coming from my own background, but I love to understand how that plays design thinking plays a role within the mining industry because I've already heard the patterns in terms of these new ways of thinking than where the technology integration happens. What are your thoughts on how that fits within the mining and mining sector? I think for almost any role, any job, you need creative people mm-hmm. and converting that creative the creative ideas into design solutions is where design thinking comes into it. So there's the there's the ideas people, there's the artistic even um, but you don't need to be an artist to be creative Mm. Um, I'm terrible at drawing (laughs) (laughs) I definitely think about things differently and sometimes you the person that comes up with the idea can't doesn't know how to implement the idea and doesn't have the execution skills and that's where you need different people with different ways of thinking in organisations. So I guess design thinking takes the creative ideas and turns it into something that people that can be used in the business. Yeah, yeah, valuable advice. And, and obviously one of the important things in design thinking and, and its values is empathy. Do you think empathy plays a big role within the mining sector or how that might be? Because I wanted to ask this question simply because of the fact that it's been the mining industry is usually perceived in a very um i think hard or you know uh, laborious and and almost a boys industry but that perception needs to be changed and and the importance of empathy importance of a diversified um, workforce integration of technology importance of creativity all of these elements are now overlapping Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on the role of empathy within your experience? I think you've always got to put yourself in other people's shoes Mm -hmm. and no one goes to work to do a bad job. You don't wake up in the morning and go, I'm I'm great, today I'm going to go and ruin the environment. (laughs) (laughs) No one goes to work thinking that. And um, I just think empathy plays a role in that. Why Why are we doing this? Why are we mining things? Um, why, why are people passionate about this industry? And it's because if people want things, if they want 
electricity, if they want cars, if they want iPhones. <laughs> yeah. Someone's got to dig it out of the ground for True. You. Yeah. And the designer has to go through the manufacturing mm. process to actually get it done. And so, the designer, I guess the design role there is to use those materials in the most efficient way and with the least waste. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of empathy towards the environment, empathy towards the um, end user and anyone who's actually involved from the mining process to the end product actually needs to have that level of thinking. So that's great. Now, what are some of the career pathways and employment opportunities possible within your industry at the moment as of, let's say, 2021? We're almost at 2022. Mm. But uh, what are your thoughts on that in within your sector? There's so many jobs. Um, <laughs> I don't know where to start. Um, yeah. The main areas of mining are exploration, mine mm -hmm. planning, community engagement, technology, extraction and processing, and the environment. And like all companies, there's also the you know the business side of things. So there's the accountants and HR and lawyers and that sort of stuff. So yeah, um, it's it's huge. Um, the the main the main yeah. We touched, we touched on it earlier. Like yeah. There's just so much growth. And yeah. the roles that exist today may not, they'll evolve. They've evolved. Yeah. Um, so as long as you've got, yeah, a good background, no one's, no one's going to be qualified mm -hmm. for stuff that we don't know exists yet. Correct. So I think skill stacking is really important and mm -hmm. being open minded. Yep. Perfect. And one of the recent, very interesting, um, articles. It was a it was a video article that I was researching about when it came to mining sector and how mining sector is now going beyond the world and uh, looking at mining um, actual asteroids and meteorites. Mm. And this was very very cool. And and obviously people like Richard Branson and all the all those all the big companies going outside the world at the moment, exploring and pushing those boundaries, mm. are talking about exploring and mining resources in outer space and that just adds a whole array of new challenges to solve and new problems to solve and from what I read in the article one of the um, meteorites that are within our reach can feed the earth because it has more resources four times what earth already has mm -hmm. so imagine being able to actually reach that and then bring that back here and being able to walk through those challenges to get to that outcome. So it's amazing. And I think it's a very exciting industry given the fact that it's how it's evolving now to this whatever 4.0, 5.0 version. Yeah. And, um, and so one of the things that I really wanted to ask you is, do you think the, the students now in primary school and high school are the ones who are going to be potentially doing those things in the next 10, 20 years? Do you think the current education system is aligned with the to facilitate the future of your industry? It's a bit of a tough one. <laughs> yes and no. Mm -hmm. um, I think students today are getting mixed messages. Mm -hmm. They're getting taught about climate change and our impact on the environment and partially what they can do to help, but not the whole story. So renewable energy and electric vehicles are part of the solutions, but where is that stuff going to come from? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so they're getting pushed the, you know, the one, one sided story, message, yeah. But, but not how, um, where, where, this, where is this stuff going to come from? Yep. Yep. Valuable question. 
And I think if you to as a as a future mining industries expert, if they're looking at it, there's a lot of problems to solve on that same other side mm-hmm. of that coin. So I'm glad that you presented that question. So what would be your advice for students and let's say graduates? Um, this is personal advice. Be curious. Um, I know I should say study a mining related <laughs> discipline, but, and you should, but more importantly, be curious. Mm. Uh, curious people are lifelong learners, mm-hmm. and lifelong learners will always be successful. Very beautifully said. And what do you think are the key skills that will take to succeed within your industry? Um, curiosity, of course. <laughs> yeah, curiosity and... Um, Problem-solving skills and being able to adapt. Yeah. Because it's you know some of this is predictable, but um, but some of it's not. Mm-hmm. And we need we need smart people to come and help solve these problems. And if the smart people are going and becoming lawyers to litigate the mining industry instead of getting on the inside and helping mm. sustainably source minerals for renewable energy then it's, it's it's misplaced i think that's good because it's a refreshing change and a and almost a um cry for help in a in a wave towards the big big um, picture of the industry and i'm very glad that you can frame it that way what are your thoughts for and advice for teachers and the educators that are putting this information in front of the future miners um Try and tell both sides of the story mm-hmm. and be open-minded. I think people are more likely to make a difference from the in, from inside the tent than from outside screaming in. Um, encourage students to get involved. Help change policies by understanding the process and make a change and help make changes to legislation. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So if students or teachers want to learn more about the mining industry where what 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 are some resources you can point them to where where are some places they can actually go and learn are there any online links websites books people to talk to that you might recommend look um i've got a spruik amec and um, absolutely a campaign a campaign that we've been running called more resourceful Mm -hmm. it's aimed at um the everyday person because in the within the mining industry we're really good at patting each other on the back about how we're doing such a good job with providing the minerals for renewable energy and mm-hmm. technology but um, the community has clearly has a different perspective on that so this more resourceful campaign is looking at the different things that the mining industry does like you know mining potash locally for avocado farms instead of importing potash from China and that sort of thing. So the AMEC More Resourceful website Mm -hmm. is um, a good resource. Another good um, thing to check out is the um, QMEA, which is run by the Queensland Resources Council. And this is a program that's placing students into pathways into the resource sector and other science, technology and maths industries. Um, So there's a couple of these QMEA schools around Brisbane and regional Queensland. Um, so I definitely suggest checking out QMEA and um, trying to get them into your school. And uh, another awesome resource is um, a publication called Make Your Career in Mining and that's um, from the Minerals Council of Australia and that's that's a really fantastic resource that's um, colourful and um, got really cool things in it like um, you know, a day in the life of 
someone that works in the industry and that sort of stuff. So there's a couple of things to check out. Brilliant. We'll drop those links into the show notes, guys. So make sure you go and check those out. But thank you so much. I've personally learned a lot about the mining industry today. So thank you so much for giving up your time. No worries. Thanks for having me. That's it for today's episode. Now it's time to take action and build on the learnings to get inspired. First up, jump on to rashansenanayaka.com forward slash podcast and check out the show notes, links and other relevant learning materials from this amazing episode. Next, if you learned something new today, click that subscribe button and set yourself up to receive live notifications on future episodes as well as more opportunities to learn from our amazing guests, brands and speakers. Last but not least, it's time to have your say. Join the conversation and share your thoughts and feedback on today's episode with a review, all while joining many others with a five-star rating for Inspiring Design with Rashan Senanayaka. Till next time.